Thank you for listening to the podcast of Palmetto Baptist Church. We pray that as you listen to the following message, that it will encourage you to continue to connect, grow, and serve in your relationship with God and with others. I want to invite you to open your Bibles with me to 1 Kings chapter 12. 1 Kings chapter 12. We'll read the first 16 verses of 1 Kings chapter 12. While you are looking that passage up, I also want you to be thinking about a question. And I'm going to need four or five of you to help me with this question. Here's the question. What is the best advice you've ever received? What is the best advice you've ever received? We're in a series called Kings. We're studying the kings of the Old Testament of the United Kingdom of Israel, and then of the divided kingdom of the northern kingdom of Israel, the top ten tribes, and the southern kingdom of Judah, which was comprised of the two southernmost tribes. But we're looking at kings of those uh, nations, and we're looking at their behavior, and we're looking at their character, and we're drawing from their behavior and their character some things that we can see in our own lives that we are in need of. Today we're going to look at King Rehoboam. King Rehoboam is known only for one single thing above anything else. And that is, he is known for the king who listened to the wrong voices. Listened to the wrong voices. All right? So I want you to be thinking about what is the best piece of advice you've ever received. Let's bow for prayer before we open up and read the scriptures. Our Heavenly Father, we're about to read your word. And though what I will say after I read your word, I think is important, I will never ever say anything that will be as important as what I will read from your word. Because these words are your words. Father, I pray that you would speak to us through these words, these holy words about King Rehoboam. Help us, Lord, to take care about the voices we listen to in our lives. Lord, even as I pray, Lord, you keep uh, bringing people to mind that I need to pray for. A lady yesterday at Noel November said, pray for my mother. Her name's Grace Binion. And so we lift up Grace Binion. Lord, I see Jim and Mary Ellen Eagle here today, and our heart bleeds literally aches for them, and I thank you for them, we love them, and Father, we pray for them and their family. Father, I pray that you would lead us to the voices that speak on your behalf. In Jesus' name, amen. 1 Kings chapter 12, beginning with verse 1, Rehoboam went to Shechem, for all Israel had gone there to make him king. And when Jeroboam, son of Nebat, heard this, he was still in Egypt where he had fled from King Solomon, he returned from Egypt. So they went, they sent for Jeroboam and he and the whole assembly of Israel went to Rehoboam and said to him, your father put a heavy yoke on us, but now lighten the harsh labor and the heavy yoke he put on us and we will serve you. Rehoboam answered, Go away for three days and then come back to me. So the people went away. 
Then King Rehoboam consulted the leaders who had served his father Solomon during his lifetime. How would you advise me to answer these people, he asked. And they replied, If today you will be a servant to these people and serve them and give them a favorable answer, they will always be your servants. But Rehoboam rejected the advice the elders gave him and consulted the young men who had grown up with him and were serving him. He asked them, What is your advice? How should we answer these people who say to me, Lighten the yoke your father put on us? The young men who had grown up with him replied, These people have said to you, your father put a heavy yoke on us, but make our yoke lighter. Now tell them, my little finger is thicker than my father's waist. My father laid on you a heavy yoke, I will make it even heavier. My father scourged you with whips, I will scourge you with scorpions. Three days later, Jeroboam and all the people returned to Rehoboam as the king had said, Come back to me in three days. The king answered the people harshly, rejecting the advice given him by the elders. He followed the advice of the young men and said, My father made your yoke heavy. I will make it even heavier. My father scourged you with whips. I will scourge you with scorpions. So the king did not listen to the people. For this turn of events was from the Lord to fulfill the word the Lord had spoken to Jeroboam, son of Nebat, through Ahijah the Shalonite. Ahijah was a prophet. When all Israel saw that the king refused to listen to them, they answered the king, What share do we have in David? What part in Jesse's son? To your tents, Israel. Look after your own house, David. So the Israelites went home. What is the best advice you've ever received in your life? I've given you a few moments to think about that. I'd like to have uh, four or five volunteers to raise your hand saying, giving me the best advice that you've ever received. And we have Grace Catherine James, this older lady over here, who's going to give me the best advice she's ever received. Don't turn around. <laughs> Don't turn around. Well, Merrill Jenkins is back there. That was smart advice, I'll tell you. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. All right, Merrill Jenkins. I hate to follow that, but uh, I've had some awful good advice from a lot of folks. But when you mentioned that, the first thing that popped into my mind in the first person was Mr. Broadus Bradley. And he told me when I was a young man working at the grocery store, I'm going to give you some advice, advice and I'm not going to charge you anything for it. And if you do it, you will appreciate it uh, in years to come. He told me to take my salary every week, give the first tenth to the Lord, save the second tenth, and live on 80%. Wow. Wow. Mr. Broadus Bradley was a wise fella. What is the best advice you've ever received? Somebody else. Warren Ward, what's the best advice you've ever received? Well, my dad told me when I was young, he said, learn how to do something for yourself or you'll be paying somebody else for it to do it for you. All right. All right. Chief, what's the best advice you've ever received? On the 9th day of January, 1954... The preacher told me what I needed to do to accept Christ as a personal Savior. I did. Thank you, Bill Stevens. Great advice. Great advice. How about that? All right. Let me have two more. Two more. What is the best advice you've ever received? Anybody want to volunteer for it? Anybody want to volunteer for it? We got uh, Everett Long back here. Everett, what is the best advice you've ever received? Do it right the first time, and you won't have to do it again. Judy, you were telling him the right thing. You were telling him right there, Judy. Wow. All right. Faye Roberts, what's the best advice you've ever received? 
Never go to bed angry at anyone. Hmm. Never go to bed angry with anyone. All right? One more. Anybody else? Anybody else? One more? Yes. Say that one more time. Treat other people the way you want to be treated. I was thinking about, uh, thank you all for all of those. I was thinking about the best advice that I'd ever received. And uh, as I was thinking about this week, of course, I have uh, had a, a, at least a week in advance to think about this over, over you all. I uh, hated to just spring that on you at the moment. But I thought about the best advice that, that I've ever received. Some of the best advice I've ever received was from a fellow by the name of Dr. Don Adderhole. He was the longtime pastor of Columbia Drive Baptist Church, 39 years as pastor there. And he was also the director of the North Georgia Center for the New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary. And he's dead now, but what a great and godly guy. And he said this, he says, you're never as good as they say you are. You're never as bad as they say you are. Now, I liked half of that. I liked half of that advice. Um, Somebody else told me this advice. They said this. They said, you will never please everybody. I didn't like that either, but I have found it to be true. And then this advice came to me at a time when I literally did not think the sun would rise up on another day. Somebody said this to me. They said, this is not the end of the world. The sun will rise in the morning. The sun will rise in the morning. There's nothing like good advice. And, but then on the other hand, there's nothing worse than bad advice. Rehoboam was a king who received advice. Let me tell you a little bit about Rehoboam. First, as you know, he was the son of King Solomon, and he was Solomon's successor to the throne. His mother was named Naamah, and she was an Ammonites. That means she was from the area of Ammon or Ammon, which is very significant because when you consider the fact that God told Moses and later Joshua to totally wipe out the Ammonites, you realize that this woman was not even supposed to be there. She was not even supposed to be around. God told Moses, he said, when you go into where the Ammonites and the Amalekites and the Canaanites are, you're to totally wipe them out because if you don't, they'll be a snare to you when you go into the land. The children of Israel failed to wipe out all of these pagan peoples. And so as time progressed, some of these pagan peoples married into some of the kings. And Naamah, the Ammonites, was one of the 700 royal wives of King Solomon. And she and Solomon gave birth to Rehoboam. Rehoboam was... Uh, uh, born sometime around 975 B.C. He was 41 years old when he came to the throne. He uh, reigned for about 17 contentious years. And his first decision as king was a decision that had to do with the taxation of the people of Israel. And it turned out to be the decision that determined his legacy. The decision that determined his legacy. You uh, heard it in the scriptures. Rehoboam took to the throne and immediately some people from Israel came to him and they said, Rehoboam, your father taxed us heavily and he worked us heavily. 
And we come to you asking you to lighten our load, lighten our tax load and lighten our workload. And Rehoboam said, well, give me three days. I'll think about it. And during that three days, he first went to the elder statesmen of Israel, those who had served his father Solomon. And he asked them, what do you think we ought to do? And they gave him some good advice. They said, look, if you will, if you will listen to these people and if you will lighten their load, they will serve you, they will adore you, they will follow you all the time that you're king if you'll just do this. Well, Rehoboam then left the elder statesman, went to some of the guys he grew up with, the good old boys, the gang. And he said, listen, what do you think we ought to do? And the gang said to him, hey, you need to show your authority. If, if your dad, if they think your dad taxed them heavily, you need to increase that tax load and you need to increase their workload. Let them know that you're the boss. Well, so he had a, Rehoboam had a choice of good advice versus bad advice. And as you know, he decided to take the bad advice, increase the tax load and the workload of the people. And when they realized that the king refused to listen to them, the Bible teaches us that ten and a half of the northernmost tribes seceded from the nation and organized their own nation. One and a half tribes, the tribe of Judah and half of the tribe of Benjamin, stayed with Rehoboam. He lost his kingdom. He is known for having lost his kingdom because he listened to the wrong voices. That would be the decision that would determine his legacy. There are a lot of other things he did, but there's nothing else that we remember him for except for the legacy of listening to the wrong voices and causing the, the dissolution of the kingdom. Now, let me be fair with Rehoboam. There were two or three things that he actually did right. Two or three things that he actually did that we need to commend him for. for first of all, we need, to, we need to realize that he actually did seek advice. There are a lot of people who think they don't need anybody's advice. They don't need to consult with anybody. They've already got life figured out. And so they don't need anybody's counsel. But at least Rehoboam saw the need to seek advice. Not only did he see the need to seek advice, but he actually took advice. Now, granted, it was the wrong advice. But something could be said for the fact that he both sought advice and he at least took somebody's advice, even if it were the wrong, if it was the wrong advice to take. Another thing that we can say is that later on down the road, he actually did take some godly advice. After he increased the taxation of the people, the Bible says that the northernmost tribes seceded from the nation, organized their own nation, and Rehoboam was angry about it. And so he got in his tax collector, his IRS agent, and he says, I'm going to send you up there to collect the taxes that are due even if they have uh, uh, left our nation. And he sends his tax guy up into the northern tribes and they arrest him, they torture him, and they stone him to death. Well... That made Rehoboam angry, and so he gathered together an army, a massive army of 180,000 troops, which was massive for that time, and he, he planned to go up into the northern kingdom and take those ten and a half tribes back. But just as he was about to take his massive army up into the northern kingdom, a prophet came to him, a prophet by the name of Shemaiah, and Shemaiah said this. He says, Rehoboam, what you're about to do is a foolish thing to do. 
You do not need to go up there with this army for two reasons. Number one, you will lose the battle. Number two, and most importantly, he says, God is the one who's brought all of this about. The kingdom was divided because God willed it to be so as punishment for Solomon's departing from the Lord during his latter years. So he says, if you go up there, you're going to be fighting against God, number one, and number two, you're going to fight a losing battle. And so Rehoboam, for the first time in his kingdom, in his reign, actually listened to this advice, which was good advice. So there are some things that we can say that are complementary of Rehoboam. One of the things that I love about the story of Rehoboam is, is how it focuses our attention on what is good advice and what is not so good advice. And I believe that you and I uh, will never be in a position where we don't need to be able to discern between what is good advice and versus what is bad advice. And so I want us to look at this subject, the principles of good advice as we learn them in part from the, the experience of Rehoboam as well as the experience of, uh, uh, that we have in life. First of all, I think that we need to realize that we need to seek godly advice. We need to seek advice that is, that is from someone who walks so closely with God that their advice is actually coming as a mouthpiece from God. The Bible tells us that if we lack wisdom... We need to ask God for it. And it virtually guarantees us that if we ask God for it, He will give it to us. In James chapter 1, verse 5, the Bible says that if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all people liberally and will not reprimand you for having asked for that wisdom and God will give it to you. Now, sometimes God gives us His wisdom through His Holy Spirit. There are other times that God gives His wisdom to us through the advice of godly people. Whatever the case is, we need to seek godly advice. Now, the second thing I think that we need to learn from Rehoboam is this. We need to remember that sometimes the advice we need is the advice we do not like. Sometimes the advice we need is the advice we do not like. How many of you have uh, had the experience within the last month of somebody giving you some kind of advice? Raise your hand if that's been you. Raise your hand. Anybody else? Raise your hand if you if you have been given advice by somebody. Raise your hand really high. Come on, let's see it. Let's see it. All right. Good number of people. How many of you have given advice in the last month? Raise your hand. What about that? What about that? <laughs> well, sometimes... You already know this. Sometimes the advice people give you is, is exactly what you need to hear, but you don't want to hear. Rehoboam did not want to hear the advice of the elder statesman. He had been a recipient, a benefactor of the high taxes that his father Solomon had levied on the people. He'd enjoyed living in luxury. He'd enjoyed uh, having everything at his beck and call, everything at his disposal. And so when the elder statesman said to Rehoboam, Rehoboam, you need to listen to these people. You need to lower their taxes. You need to lower their labor burden. That was not what he wanted to hear, but it was exactly what he needed to hear. More often than not, the advice I don't like to hear is the exact advice I need to listen to. Now, number three, good advice is only good if it is true. 
Good advice is only good if it is true. Now, uh, sometimes uh, we give advice that we think is true. It turns out not to be true. Sometimes people will give you advice and they obviously believe it's true or they wouldn't have given it to you. And it's very difficult sometimes to discern whether or not the advice someone is giving you is true or not true. But let me tell you, good advice is only good if it is true. Now, the advice that Rehoboam's, uh, Rehoboam's peers gave him, they thought it was true. They thought that if he uh, showed his authority, that the people would, would uh, recognize him more and respect him more. That's what he wanted to hear. And he thought it was true. And they thought it was true. But guess what? Turned out not to be true. It turned out to give him the worst possible result. Instead of being the ruler over 12 tribes, he became the ruler over really one and a half or so tribes. Good advice is only good if it is true. Number four, good advice must consider the ramifications of its implementation. Good advice when we, when we listen to the advice of others, one of the things we need to think about is, okay, if I follow this advice, what will be the result? What will be the outcome of the advice that I'm being given? This is one place where Rehoboam failed to think futuristically. He failed to think ahead. And so instead of, of realizing that if he follows the advice of his peers, he's going to lose his kingdom, he, he thinks it's going to be some grand and glorious outcome. He failed to proactively think. He, he failed to think ahead of what this kind of action actually would result in. You see, bad advice leaves the people who receive that advice frustrated, confused, sometimes offended, and headed down the wrong path. Good advice, on the other hand, honors God, it benefits its recipients, and it promotes the greater good of everybody involved. Rehoboam didn't consider any of those things. He didn't care anything about glorifying God. He didn't care anything about benefiting the recipients. He didn't care anything about the greater good for everybody. All he cared about was power and control, and showing people his authority. And that kind of selfish, that kind of selfish uh, motivation caused him to be short-sighted when it came to looking at the result or the outcome of the advice he was taking. Now, number five, be careful giving advice that's based solely on your personal experience. Be careful giving advice that's based solely on your personal experience. Now, this is a difficult one because we all know that experience is, is one of the best teachers, if not the best teacher. Certainly it is. But guess what? My experience with a certain issue uh, may not be your experience with it at all. And when I tell you, well, this, this, this is my experience, and because this happened to me, surely it's going to happen to you, and therefore you need to take my advice on this. You need to be very careful because my experience may not be your experience. And experience is something that is, is often interpreted in subjective ways. We interpret it the way we want to interpret it. What happened to you and the way you felt about it may be totally in contrast to the way that I feel and the way that I experience the same 
situation in my own life. So we need to be very careful giving advice that's based solely on personal experience and the vice versa, receiving advice that is based on personal experience. We don't want to dismiss personal experience, that's for sure. But we don't need to rely blindly on someone's personal experience because uh, personal experience, though it's good, can never be the main criteria for future behavior. Past history often is a good indicator of future behavior, but not always. Different people's experience can be different. Finally, number six, check your motive for giving advice. Check your motive for giving advice. When you give advice to someone, what is it motivating? What is it that motivates you to give advice to that person? Is it because you love that person? Is it because you're seeking the best for that person? Is it because you want the the greater good for the greatest number of people? And that's the reason you're giving this advice. Are you giving this advice because you want to glorify God? Or or are you giving advice because uh, the advice you give would uh, benefit you personally? Or it would, it would uh, contribute to your ambitions personally? Or are you giving advice because maybe you have a grudge against that person or that group? What is the motivation? When somebody gives you advice, check the motivation of the one or ones who is giving you that advice. You see, for those of us who are giving advice, hopefully when it's solicited, We have a responsibility to do right by those who come to us for advice. Do you realize, ladies and gentlemen, what Rehoboam did? He received good advice, great advice, and terrible advice. And the one decision to follow the the terrible advice of the boys he grew up with determined... I'm talking about for 3,000 years has determined what we remember him for. It's so important that we be aware of what is good advice and what is not so good advice, discerning the difference. And then once we have determined whether some advice is good, then the decision to follow it. It's one thing to distinguish good from evil advice. It's a totally different thing to apply it to our lives. You can have it all up here and never put it in your shoes. We need to discern it and we need to apply it. I think about uh, some of the folks who have been uh, made careers out of giving advice. Among those, of course, you think about people like Irma Bombeck. Irma Bombeck gave some advice. She said this, she says, never have more children than you have car windows for. Never loan your car to someone to whom you have given birth. Pick your friends carefully because a friend never goes on a diet when you are fat or tells you how lucky you are to have a husband who remembers Mother's Day when his gift is a smoke alarm. Seize the moment. Remember all those women on the Titanic who waved off the dessert cart? That's something to remember right there. 
Irma Bombeck. Know the difference between success and fame. Success is Mother Teresa. Fame is Madonna. There are no guarantees in marriage. If you're looking for a guarantee, go live with a Sears battery. For each kindness that you do, forget it as soon as you've done it. Forget each kindness that you do as soon as you've done it. Forget the praise that falls to you the moment you have won it. Forget the slander that you hear before you repeat it. Forget each slight, each spite, and each sneer whenever you meet it. Remember every promise you made and keep it to the letter. Arrive at work 30 minutes before your boss does. Every day, you and I are bombarded by voices. Voices offering us advice. If you're like me, you receive an average of probably five to ten pieces of advice every week. And you have to filter them to see which is right and which is wrong. And if it's right, whether you like it or not, whether I like it or not, I'd be foolish not to follow it. God wants His people following good advice. You do not want the legacy of Rehoboam. Do you? Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, keep us free from the legacy of Rehoboam, who is known to this day and has been known for 3,000 years as the king who refused to listen to the right voices. God, give us wisdom to discern what is good and what is not so good. And give us the courage and the will to apply what is good to the way we live. Lord, I thank you for the best advice Doug Banks ever received. That advice that he needed to invite Jesus Christ into his life, start a relationship with the Jesus who died on the cross for him. Lord, there's no better advice than that we could give this congregation as we enter this invitation than the advice to have a relationship with Jesus. And so, Lord, I offer that to us today. And I pray that someone will respond to that decision right now. In Jesus' name, amen.